The Maori people of New Zealand tell a story about slowing down the sun. At one time, the sun raced across the sky so fast that there was no time to finish one's chores, let alone enjoy the day. So Maui and his brothers came up with a plan to make the days longer. All the people in the community made ropes of flask. And during the night, Maui and his brothers went east to where the sun rises first. And they came to a huge red hot pit deep in the ground where the sun was sleeping. And the brothers used those ropes of flax and they set a trap. So when the sun woke, the brothers held the sun back with their ropes. Maui and the sun struggled, but Maui had a magic jawbone he used to beat back the sun. The sun tried to struggle free, but finally gave up the fight. From that day until this, the sun has always traveled slowly across the sky. When I hear that phrase, do not let the sun go down on your anger, I wonder if Maui might be able to hold back the sun just a little bit longer and give us more time to make peace, enjoy the day, be kind to one another before the sun goes down. Now Christianity seems to be somewhat conflicted about anger. Even in this passage from Ephesians, we are to be angry, but not sin. Do not let the sun go down on our anger. Do not make room for the devil. Put away your bitterness and your wrath and your anger. Anger is associated with sin, the devil. We are to put it away as soon as possible. And I think this is where we get the lie of the nice Christian. If we only had enough faith, if we were true Christians, we would never be angry. If a true Christian ever got angry, they would never show it. Just be nice because good Christians are always nice. But Jesus wasn't nice all the time. Jesus got angry. When Jesus was in the synagogue on the Sabbath and there was a man there who had a withered hand, Jesus asked the Pharisees, is it lawful to heal him today? They refused to answer Jesus, but remained silent in the face of suffering. And it made Jesus angry at their lack of compassion. Jesus became indignant with his disciples when they tried to stop the little children from coming to him. Jesus overturned the tables of the money changers in the temple because he was furious at the injustice of the economic system that exploited the poor. When Peter told him, messiahs don't die, Jesus rebuked him and called him Satan. I hear anger and frustration in Jesus' words, 
Peter just doesn't understand. Not all heroes get the gold. Some heroes go to jail. Some die. It makes sense that the text says, be angry. How can we not be angry? There's a lot to be angry about. I don't need to tell you. I get angry at people who are angry. Anger is important because it's a warning sign that there's something wrong, something hurting, something threatening. We need anger. But we have to be careful of the power of this emotion. We can't just lash out in violence. That's the sin. But also, there is the sitting on our anger, the swallowing it, the ignoring it. That as well is a sin. We know not to let the sun go down on our anger. We know not to let it sit so that it becomes toxic to our relationships and to our health. It also means to not become resigned to injustice, to just stop caring or give up. Things are always gonna be the way that way they are. That is the work of the devil. Now there are morality lists like this one in philosophical texts of that time. All commend good and right actions, but this is more than a morality list. It is part of a letter written to a church, reminding us that God creates community, that we are members of each other. Together, we are God's beloved community put together so that we can practice peace, so that we can practice justice so that we can be assigned to the world of how God would like the world to be. We are rooted and grounded in God's love. So this is more than a list. It is a call and a promise of transformation not trying to be good and nice just as individuals, but living a healthy community empowered by God's spirit so that we can be honest and authentic with each other. We can use our anger to empower good. I think this strange and wonderful admonition to not grieve the Holy Spirit means that the Holy Spirit brought us together for good and we need to make her sing arias of joy because of how we live and seek to live healthy lives. We can practice forgiveness, but never force it on anyone. As Christian people, our baseline reality for the way we live and practice this way of life is that God loves us and God's passion for us to live just and whole and loving lives is shown in Jesus who refused, refused to stop standing up for justice and love and compassion even at the cost of his life. We are to be 
that passionate. God is passionate about the transformation of the world. St. Augustine said, Hope has two beautiful daughters. Their names are anger and courage. Anger at the way things are and courage to see that they do not remain the same. St. Augustine said, Hope has two beautiful daughters. Anger and courage. Anger at the way things are and courage to see that they do not remain the same. What a beautiful phrase. What an amazing understanding of what God is doing for us and with us and through us. Hope, hope comes out of how we use the power of our anger courageously for justice and love. Now, I've been watching the Olympics and so loving the heroes. The Olympics are about heroes, the stuff of heroes, like Maui, who held back the sun. They are also symbolic of our hopes to come together as a human family in peace and harmony. All of those flags, all of those countries, all of those costumes, ugh, those anthems coming together because we are members of each other. Hope. Now, there are many inspirational stories from the Olympics, but a few have spoken to me about anger and courage and hope for the transformation of the world. Tom Daly, you know, he's the diver who knits and crochets. He's there with his son and his husband, and he knows about anger and courage. He said, when I was growing up, I always knew that I was different. And I always heard people saying bad things about me. You never feel like you can say anything and you kind of swallow yourself up and you feel like you're never going to be anybody. It takes a lot of courage to come out and speak openly. Daly said he hoped that he would be able to see more LGBTQ people in sports and other prominent roles. He said it might help people to see him there, to feel less alone, like they're valued and can achieve something. The International Olympic Committee says that there are 163 openly LGBTQ athletes in Tokyo. In 2008, in Beijing, there were 14. This is the transformation of the world. Now, you gotta love the Norwegian women's beach volleyball team. By international volleyball standards, regulations require women to wear bikini bottoms. And I'm quoting here, with a close fit and cut on an upward angle, the top of the leg. 
and a maximum side width of four inches. Now, the Norwegian women were fed up with this rule and they protested at the European Championships in July by wearing, just deciding on the spur of the moment to wear thigh-length shorts just like the men. And the team was fined $1,700 for improper clothing. And the European Handball Association came off as complete fools. So now in Tokyo, female beach volleyball players can wear shorts and t-shirts that can wear bikinis or one-piece bathing suits. They can dress for how they like, for what is comfortable for them to do their best in their sports. Now, Allison Felix is a sprinter. And by the way, her father was a pastor who graduated from Union Theological Seminary in New York City. She has justice in her blood. This past week, she won her 11th Olympic medal more than anybody else in the United States in track and field. Now she's been an Olympic athlete since 2004. In 2018, she decided to have a baby and her sponsor Nike, as was their policy, cut her pay by 70%. 70% because she got pregnant and wanted to have a baby. This is what sponsors just across the board were doing, refusing to pay until women again could compete at their highest levels. And if they didn't, their pay would continue to be cut. But Allison Felix and others spoke up. Allison says, never. She never would have thought that using her voice would have led Nike to change their mandatory policy on athletes. But they did. And all the sponsors did change their policies on women being pregnant and not cutting their pay. She says, keep going and keep speaking up even if your voice shakes. All of these people possess the beautiful daughters of hope, anger at the way things are and the courage to see that they do not remain the same. The transformation of the world, hope. None of these changes happened overnight. And none of these changes happen because one individual stood up. They happen because people are in teams and people are supported by families and nations and communities around them. None of these changes happened like that. The sun go down, goes down and rises up many times because transformation takes time. Our God is committed to this transformation, no matter how long it takes. So yes, 
try to settle arguments while the sun shines. Take deep breaths when you get angry, rather than saying something that we will regret later. Never hit the send key on an email written in anger. And as often as possible, linger at the end of the day and enjoy the sunset. For the prophet Isaiah promises, the Lord's unfailing love and mercy never end. They are fresh as the morning, as sure as the sun rise. Thanks be to God, my friends. Amen.